0: It's time to explore the unexplained, to delve into the mysteries of our world and the realms beyond, to seek out the answers to phenomena that defy conventional explanation. Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with Karen Frazier and Chucky G. We're That Journey. Well, good evening, everyone. This is Paranormal to Run Radio in the Dark with your host, Karen Frazier, and me, Chucky G, which I'm back now, so how are you doing, Karen?
1: I'm very good. That's had good. Had a busy day.
0: Did, had a busy day?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, and what what do you mean by that? I mean, what would you
1: oh, do Oh, you know, just last minute projects, the last, this week has been like the week of People wanting last minute projects done and dumping them in my lap, I'm not going to complain because it pays, but mm-hmm. I keep thinking, okay today's the day I'm gonna actually take a day off and relax. no hasn't happened didn't, yet didn't
0: work out yeah well today we had our we had our dm at our store today, so it was like uh crazy town uh so it was like very intense the whole day up until I left, so uh, I'm just glad to be home and kind of chilling right now, so
1: yeah, I bet excuse mm-hmm. me, That's swallowed okay. wrong or something. You had your yeah. GM. Your GM is that what you said? Your general the manager.
0: DM, the, the district manager, the big boy.
1: Oh, does he walk around mm-hmm. with a clipboard and every time? Oh you do man, something, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: yeah. He's he's by the book one hundred percent. So you know, uh, yeah, it was. It was pretty, but you know what, my tech department turned out to look pretty good. Uh, not too much to say. I mean, a little bit here and there I got to work on, but for the most part, he was pretty happy with me, so I was good. Uh, everybody, everybody else i'm not really too sure about but for me i was okay so that's okay. that's
1: all that matters chuck
0: so so did you miss me last week huh
1: yeah but it was great to have ben here and he did a great <clears throat> I job know. did he you know good good co-host yeah
0: okay uh-oh does that mean i'm getting pushed out already
1: no of course not
0: <laughs> i'll just check and you know look at
1: how long you filled in for rick before you know you took his job
0: Oh, wow. Thanks. I feel so much better now. This Yeah, except
1: thing. when I'm not available, you have people fill in for me.
0: Yeah. I'm and not. I
1: don't get all insecure and stuff. I,
0: have, I haven't had anybody fill in for you yet. Who did I have fill in for you? Nobody. Uh, you
1: had, yeah, you had Ooh. people fill in for me. You had Nancy, <laughs> and I think didn't Jess fill in for me once?
0: Uh, Did Jess fill in on this show, or was it on my show? I thought it was my know. show. Okay, well, I'm just, I'm just
1: saying that, you know, you have people who who ride shotgun when I'm gone, too. So, and, just, you know, it's just our 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 relationship needs to be built on trust, Jack.
0: Yes, ma'am. Okay. All right, so anyways, our guest tonight is Mr. Mark Leslie, uh, author of Tomes of Terror, Haunted Bookstores and Libraries, amongst, you know, lots of other stuff. He's a Canadian writer and editor from Hamilton, Ontario. So, I mean, he likes to write dark humor, horror, um, and interesting as it says, and can only just be described as Twilight Zone fiction. So I, I want to find out what that exactly means when we talk to him. But, um, yeah, the, the one book he's got, which is the um, Tomes of Terror, I'm kind of interested to talk to him about that to see what that's all about.
1: Yeah, sounds like fun. Looking mm-hmm. forward
0: to it. Mm-hmm. So um, let's see, what time is it? Uh, I suppose we, roll into. we can roll into the news, couldn't we? We can roll into that, can we? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cheryl's shaking. Her, <laughs> Cheryl's shaking her head. Okay. Let's roll it, man. When the world gets weird and things don't make any sense, it's news of the
2: strange and the odd.
0: Okay. So the, yeah, this is really. I found some really weird ones. So you're just have to bear with me on this one, okay? Um, this one is called China's new bizarre theme park ride that simulates. Simulation. Yes, that's
1: Simulates.
0: Correct. Simulates what? Simulation. Yes. <laughs> and there is exactly, folks, if you can see the video right now of these two people, Cheryl's shaking her head and Carol's making weird faces. All right, so here we go. This is from CNET.com. Uh, Chris, I can't even say his last I'm just going to spell it. M-A-T-Y-S-Z-C-Z-Y-K. I don't want to screw it up, so I'm just going to just spell it out. But this is the gentleman who wrote the article because uh, I get most of the stuff through uh you know, phantoms of the pulse of the paranormal, uh, phantoms of monsters. So, But this is weird. Okay, here's how, here's how it goes. The wise and even scientists will have their explanation as to why people enjoy being frightened in theme parks. Okay? So he says, I hope, though, that even they might struggle to explain why people go to a theme and get on a ride in which they have their bodies burned to soot metaphorically, that is, okay? Uh Windows of the World is the slightly ambitious theme park in Shizhen, Shiz- China. It has ting- 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 tinges of, like, Las Vegas, London's Tower Bridge, Rome's Coliseum, but even Vegas would probably turn their head on this one, okay? This is very much what it sounds like. You start in a morgue, where you are placed into a wooden coffin. You then roll to be burned to death because, well, hey, you know, what's more fun than being burned to death? Um, what they do, of course, you'll be wondering, the fine technology does. Uh, it simulates your ultimate doom. It seems to be nothing more than hot air. Yes, powerful hot air machine gives you the feeling of the final steps before you become the content of an urn on your family's mantelpiece. Um, what they do is I guess they take, you know, they just blow the hot air in there as you're going through. So it, it simulates what it would feel like, I guess, if you were being cremated, which I think is really weird. Um, what I thought was funny at the end of the story, though, they said, um, normally when you're being cremated, you're dead, so you don't have this sensation. So I'm not really sure why people would want the sensation. What do you think about that?
1: I can have a hot flash and don't need to have a ride or be in a coffin for that.
0: Yeah, I thought that was kind of odd that they would do that. So I'm not really sure why that, why it is. So, all right. So the next one is about this guy. Okay. It says, this is on uh, the, uh, EMI rates 247.com. It just says by agencies. All right. Man sues hospital after his leg is found in the garbage. Okay. So his, his leg was amputated and they just threw it away in the garbage with his name tag still on it. Okay. Um, a uh, South Florida man is suing a hospital for emotional distress, saying his leg was amputated and thrown in the garbage with his name tag still on it. Uh, John Timmerself, 56, had his right leg amputated below the knee in October at a doctor's hospital in Coral Gables. Rather than properly disposing of the limb, they, dis- which is you know Florida law, they decided to just throw it in the garbage. Uh, a month later, John and his family was contacted by the homicide detectives investigating if he had been in the victim of foul play, because, of course, they found his leg, okay? When the family went back to the hospital to find out what happened, they were told it would provide no explanation for what occurred. Uh, Doctors Hospital's Inc., part of the Baptist Health South Florida Inc., says it could not discuss the incident in detail because of the patient's privacy considerations. However, we can say when Doctors Hospital was notified by the situation, hospital leaders took immediate and appropriate measures to address it. It added in an emailed statement... Proper procedures have been reinforced at the hospital to prevent similar situations from happening in the future. Normally, amputated limbs are incinerated by the hospitals. That's what I always thought, too. So, Robinson said he wrote to the hospital in January but got no response uh, back on what had happened to his leg. So, uh, I just think that's, I mean, isn't it a bit creepy that would just, like, lop your leg off and...
1: Well, so here's what I'm wondering, though. Think about this. Okay. Okay. So you said that it was—it still had his name on it, had like a name tag on it. Yeah, name tag,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. So
1: some homicide detective st- stumbles upon it and thinks, "Aha! They murdered the guy and left his name tag on the leg so they can identify him."
0: <laughs> I what know. The that heck? Was, yeah, that was the part that I was like. Didn't not he just say it had the tag on it? What the hell are they talking about? So yeah, that I, is I,
1: some serious detective work, man.
0: Amplified the idea, but I still think it's really creepy that he just go. He yeah, just scuffed his leg up, threw it in the garbage, you know. Hey, you know it's okay. Who okay, cares? Right. I
1: figured that I figured that what you were gonna say happened was that somebody went and came along and took a picture of it and posted it on their Instagram or something, and that was how he <laughs> found out about it.
0: Like like a fish when you're holding a fish, this guy's yeah. holding with the tag on it. Hey, look yeah, look at that. Guy. Um, That's right. Yeah, but. I I think that, you know, I mean, I'm I'm assuming he would have the right to sue them, right? I mean, that's definitely not proper procedure.
1: I think anybody can sue for anything. It just is a matter of whether, you know, the courts uh, actually award money or something, but yeah. Uh yeah, I, 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 if nothing else, it certainly makes the hospital
0: needs to reevaluate some of their
1: procedures and processes perhaps. <laughs> like not losing the it- name tag on the leg.
0: Oh you know, 'cause it like all the news I was looking up this week was like all like really I mean there was some really other morbid stuff but I morbid, didn't want to morb is that a word? Morbider? More morbid more morbid?
1: Greater more I don't know.
3: Cheryl? Morbid, is it, morbider, mor- morb morbid. Morbiter or
0: more morbid. I don't, I didn't want to go any farther into the morbid end of things, so
3: I, I think I like morbider, even though it doesn't sound right.
0: <laughs> morbider. I just like people. I am allowed to make my own words on this show. Thank you very much. So well, it's you know,
1: if only we had a world of information at our fingertips to look stuff up like that, up.
3: wouldn't that
0: be? You know, awesome? like, I don't know something that you call like Google, or I don't. I
3: just I don't know a dictionary.
0: Just like writers that would know what the words are. You know, you, you know,
1: think... I have very little call in the writing that I do, the health writing at least, and the recipe writing. To use the word morbid.
0: Come on, there's got to be some food out there. You go. Oh my God, that is so morbid. It could be. How could that be more morbider than the other one?
1: I use like morbidly. (laughs) I use morbidly for morbidly obese. I mean, that's part of you know that's medical jargon. But
0: suppose. But I don't want to pick on obese people because you know. No, no, no.
1: I mean, but that's that's like the only time I even use morbidity for like death rates. So I use I use the word morbid, but never like morbider.
0: Well, I, yeah, and then the other story, which was the, I want to go back to the other story, which was the, um, I don't even understand why you would want to do that. Let's get on a ride in a coffin, and we're going to go down, I don't know if it was like, did you say, like, is it down a chute? Is it on, like, a roller thing? I mean, what you know, and all of a sudden we're going to blow lots of hot air in there, and you're going to feel like you're, I guess, on fire, I suppose, or something. And...
1: I, I don't know. I like I say I have hot flashes, and I don't need that. I already simulate that, apparently. So, Chuck, I have looked it up, and it is okay. more morbid.
0: More, it's more morbid
1: yeah it's not morbider
0: see this is all right uh, people in the chat room does morbider sound cooler if so please type in it sounds <laughs> cooler right now thank you very much
1: yeah now on uh, the 20 second delay 20 seconds from now we'll see it sounds cool and we'll be like what are they talking about <laughs>
0: That's okay. I have twenty seconds to wait. I will wait the twenty seconds. Can we just sit
1: quietly and wait?
0: Oh well, yeah, we'll play that song. Dun, 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 dun. You know that song on the whatever that show was. Hey the, Jeopardy, uh, you sang tonight. That, that was it. Jeopardy.
1: Yeah. yeah, you sang tonight instead of me. I did sing last night um, on the show what? or last week on the show.
0: What you did? What you I did? Right. Uh uh-huh.
3: I don't remember why. I, Cheryl, do you remember why I sang?
0: Cheryl, come because on. you
3: like to sing. <laughs>
1: No, because Chuck wants me to sing every show. He told me well, it's it has to well, happen. It just—it oh, was spontaneous. It just Wait happened.
0: Go, it said, Rick says it sounds cooler. Chad says it sounds gooder. I like that. <laughs> it does sound
1: gooder. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, gooder and morbider. See, I'm, it's all the er words, folks. Uh, oh, and it's Jenny like said,
1: funner, like funner.
0: Yeah. Oh, and Jenny says no, it sounds betterer. Betterer. Yeah, it, I like it's, that. Just
1: a, it's just a funner, a funner use of the word. It's
0: funner, funner. It's funner. Look at
1: a funner use of the word.
0: I think we should talk on that with ers on that. So, Cyril, how about your booker? Is it really good on the booker with the songers and the storyers? Because you're like, what show did I just come on?
1: It's our new language. It's, you know, like Pig Latin or Ubby Dubby, but we have our own <laughs> version.
0: So um, um th- that's really pretty much what I have as far as the news. But I did want to talk a little bit about the investigation really quick. Since we have some time, if that's okay, would that be all right?
1: I totally don't want to. I want to rant about how much I hated the Mad Men series finale, but you go ahead.
0: All right. Well, it's not really paranormal, Karen. I mean, you know, I'm just trying to stick with the theme for tonight.
1: I know. I, I'm just saying I hated it. All right. Now your turn.
0: <laughs> well, no, it was really cool. We, we went to It was, it was, they, they spoil us at first sports schoolhouse. I'm telling you, man, Judy and Justin are just the most awesome people. So, uh, you know, we get there and I'm like, Hey, Justin, how you doing? You know, and I go to shake his hand. He goes, Oh, no, come here. And he grabs me and hugs me. And I'm like, Oh, this is going to be nice. So then, um, we're like, we're getting there and I'm taking the, <laughs> taking my coffee pot out of the trunk, you know, cause we're going to have some coffee cause they have the kitchen there you know we're gonna be there overnight so uh they're like no 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 no. you put that away we already have coffee made for you and everything went downstairs they had coffee laid out with it was like it was like a paranormal resort i'm telling you it was really nice It was like that was really cool of them to do that i mean um it's like the old
1: wheeler hotel yeah yeah. katie katie does that for us too
0: really that's awesome so I, i really love that so um but yeah, we, um, so we got there. We, you know, we went, did our baselining of the whole building, which, you know, when the, when Sean and, and Kena saw it, they're like, they're, like when they actually saw, it, I see, I told you it was big, you know, so it took a while to do some baselining, but, um, which she
1: said, oh. oh, no,
0: what? Go on. <laughs> so anyways, um, yes, but it was a really cool place. Um, we, uh, got a lot through the Echo Vox, which worked out really well. Um, I, oh,
1: shoot. I, I forgot to use mine on Saturday night. Oh, All good. right. Go on.
0: So, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, um, I really love that device. And they were, we brought Judy and Justin in too, and they had a friend, Matt, too. And we brought them in, and it was cool because we were getting very intelligent responses. And at one point, I was like, uh before they came in i go why, why do i keep hearing someone keeps shouting the word the name mike And i'm like i don't know who the heck mike is and they looked in it and they go what mike and they said yeah and they said it was someone connected to the actual building that used to be there in the old days and i was like really and again like, yeah. i said because we just kept someone kept shouting that name over and over and we're like i don't understand where that's connected to so that was kind of cool we did hear footsteps several times where it's like did you just hear someone walking? Sean goes, Yeah. And we heard like people yell out, like little voices go, Hey you know what I mean, or like that. So it was kind of cool. So but we have a ton I mean a ton of stuff to go through. I wanted to crawl into this little hole they had too. There's like this underground uh or in the walls kind of underground uh, areas, but I'm a little old to be crawling in these holes because you know I figure I might get in there, and get stuck, and then I'll be like,
1: You're a like skeleton. Miss Miss Monsieur yeah. tonight.
0: Like, what happened to Ch- what happened to Chuck? And he's like, Yeah, he's stuck in the wall, so don't worry about him. He's so, stuck in right yeah, the walls. We're, we're, we're beautiful, beautiful investigation. Nice. Tons of stuff to go through. I i nice. mean,
1: Exciting. So, That's what we live for, darn it.
0: So tell me about a little bit about the show. I wasn't here really quick. Well, I mean, how well, was the no, get-
1: actually I want to tell you I did a walkthrough.
0: Oh, Uh, yeah, okay.
1: For for our team last week. And I had a really weird experience. Cheryl, did I talk about this last week already? I don't remember you talking about it. And so it was either really boring or I didn't talk about it. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I went and I actually saw a black shadow come out of the wall. So it was, it was a a retirement center or retirement, like not a retirement center, but like, uh, like low income housing for retired people, people 50 and over. Next year I can live there if I want. Um. It's always good to have it as an option. That's true. So one of the gals, she had come and heard us speak at the library, and so she called and asked if I could come in because she was having some stuff in her apartment. Well, I walked into her apartment. Her apartment was really easy to figure out. But then her friend said, well, come upstairs to the third floor. I saw a guy. So I was like, okay. So i went walking upstairs to the third floor, just thinking maybe the thing that was associated with her apartment was kind of building-wide. Yeah. And as I went upstairs, and it wasn't the same thing, I saw this black shadow come out of the wall. And dart across the hallway, and I was standing there talking to him. And all of a sudden, it was like somebody—oh, Cheryl said I did talk about it.
2: No, you <laughs> so stalked.
1: I stalked about, it. but anyway, it was like somebody had pulled a plug, and all of my energy just like I don't know, like drained out my butt or something. Just, <laughs> I all of my energy was just gone. <laughs> it okay. was. I, I had to stop them mid sentence and say, "I'm sorry, I have to go." Really? Yeah, I've never yeah. had that happen before.
0: I love when I see shadow figures. I don't know why. I just think it's really. I find it very fascinating. You know that whole. Yeah,
1: it was. It was very cool. But that energy thing. I mean, honest to god. And then I came home and was just like a zombie for the rest of the day. And even mm-hmm. for the show because um, Ben was going to be on the show. And so it was that afternoon that I'd done it. And oh my god, just. I've never had that where it's it was instantaneous because I was feeling great, got you know excited going. Yeah. Got to figure out what was going on and. What
0: do you think that is? I mean, what do you think that it just. Oh. Okay. Pulls all your energy.
1: Uh, yeah, so. I don't know. That's Patty said. You know, they pull energy from batteries. So um, you know, or she said. She said it may just be that there's a lot of energy. There's a lot of um, because it's older people that maybe there's a lot of um, just kind of people who know people who are dying and things. Yeah. So that. Uh-huh. So I yeah, I, I I really don't know. I mean, well, I yeah. felt so badly because these these two ladies were lovely and just gone. Mm-hmm. Just and you know, and they weren't mad. I mean she said, I watched you go white, so I assumed something was the matter.
0: <laughs> yeah, especially when the older people are telling you you look like, hey, you look really pale and white. Um but yeah, but that that the that, that I find that I always thought about that, you know, like if you go to a retirement home or something like that, I mean, picking up that kind of energy, because it's got to be pretty strong, you know, because people do, you know, pass on from, you know, that those areas. So is it stronger there? You know, I always I always thought, is it like, you know, different in a way than when you go to like other places or what do you think? Well,
1: I don't know, because I used to visit my grandmother in the nursing home all the time. And, you know, yeah. I Jim was in the hospital in, in October, of course, um and I was in the hospital in January. But... At yeah. those times, also, I was sort of otherwise occupied, I guess, mm-hmm. and so I yes. didn't pay attention to it, but I just, I've never had that experience before, um, and I've been in a lot of places, in a lot of haunted places, and and so that was really strange, and then, um, also, we did our, our the public investigation at the museum this weekend.
0: Oh, and how'd that go?
1: Oh, well, it was really good. We had, um, we only wanted to have 10 people, but we wound up with 14, yeah and we had um a lot of a lot of our good paranormal friends came and helped us um Ellen Almendinger came from mm-hmm. um Yakima and Jay Verberg came up from Oregon and Michael White came over from the Kitsap Peninsula so we had we had some people who came and helped us out and i think it went it went really well um i was really mm-hmm. pleased with it it got written up in the newspaper so you know that was thrilling Of course, every article that's ever written in the newspaper about any paranormal thing is always Mm -hmm. a little snide. You know what I mean?
0: Uh, You mean? Oh, yeah. Okay. The
1: tone is a little, you know.
0: Yeah. We're talking about some paranormal stuff. Right.
1: Like, how how is this news? But it was in, it was in, (laughs) you know, our little teeny Lewis County paper, which is the paper I used to write for. And then it was also in um the Olympian, which is the Olympian newspaper, which is the state capital. I mean so you mm-hmm. know it got some it got some press, um that's been a which cool is good look. but because we're raising money for the museum, so we have one more event for the museum, and that's um not this weekend but next weekend. Mm-hmm. um William, our good friend William Becker, is teaching a class. I'm pulling up my calendar so that I can if someone wants to
0: like donate to the museum that doesn't say live in that state, they can right.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. They can go to lewiscountymuseum.org, and yep. um, there's PayPal. Anyway, William's teaching a psychic development class starting at 5 o'clock at the museum um, okay. n- a week from Saturday, so Wait. the 30th.
0: So he's back now because I know he was on his. He's lawn back thing. from
1: Europe, yes. Okay. He's Because I need
0: to call him. He told me to call him, but I, I didn't know when he was coming back from.
1: Uh... He got back last Thursday. Or, oh. No, he got back last Saturday. I think he came back while we were doing the museum investigation, actually. And then we came to my house and we had a party and we drank lots and um, played Cards Against Humanity. So, you know,
0: just well, the, just like...
1: the investigators, not the uh, Jeez, not the, that the sounds people. Like
0: fun. I just <laughs> sat in my basement. I sat in my dungeon.
1: You know, Chuck.
0: Ah, We've had we this go. discussion. Here we go.
1: Do I even need to say it?
0: No, ma'am. I know. Oh, I,
1: I I know who I forgot to say, and um, Katie, Katie Brambrick, um, who is the owner of the Old Wheeler Inn. She came up and helped us, too.
0: Really? Is the Old Wheeler Inn? Is that? I mean, where is that in conjunction to you?
1: It's about two and a half hours down the Oregon coast from us.
0: Okay, it takes us about you know, two and a
1: half, three hours to get there.
0: Because I know you got you talk about it a lot. So
1: yeah, it's right by where Tanner used to go to band camp.
0: Okay. Cool.
1: This one time at band camp. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you don't know. Have you never seen American Pie? Uh
0: I no, I've never seen American All
1: Pie. All right. Well then you wouldn't understand that. It's a it's,
0: Sorry. it's a joke.
1: But anyway, so you know, you go down there and the you stay. Um and it's, a, it's a lovely it's a lovely overnight place. If you live in in Oregon or Washington State or, you know, anywhere within ten hours, twelve hours of it, I'd recommend mm-hmm going there and staying because Katie is a wonderful innkeeper. It's a beautiful place. It's charming. I mean, you know, Jim, you know, Jim, Jim is. Rah, rah. Yes. <laughs> so he walked in and he was like delighted. And if you, nobody's ever seen Jim delighted before, except for me. And um, he was like, this is so charming. He was like, Jim delighted. said that? Yes. Get out of
0: here. I would have paid yeah. that one.
1: Yeah, he was, he was really delighted. So of course, that's the reason I talk about it so much is because it's the subject of my next book, too. Okay, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to be excited to talk to this guy tonight because that, that book, The Haunted Bookstores and Libraries, that's what it's about. Haunted bookstores and libraries. And it's like, you know, I always thought libraries, you know, cause we have, there's one in LaGrange, Illinois that's supposed to be haunted, but you know, those kind of things would be kind of cool. I mean, you go there for books on, you know paranormal stuff, and then to think that the bookstores can actually be haunted, or the libraries, of course, because they're always like shh, really quiet, you know. So yeah, I I'm, I'm interested to see some of these, hear some of these stories too.
1: Well, so. isn't there that one? I don't know. It's somewhere in the Midwest. I think that actually yeah. has the camera. It's like yeah, Willard, the, blue the Willard lady, Library. Willard yep. Library. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The Blue Lady of the Willard Library, right?
0: I think it's the I think it's the Blue Lady or the White layer, yeah. Then, yeah. It, it, uh, Lady. Yeah. And then something Lady. Yeah, and
1: maybe she's gray.
0: Yeah, Ghost <laughs> Hunters, and they actually had some weird stuff happen. A lot of people have gone there and had a lot of interesting stuff happen, so it's going to be fun tonight, folks. To talk to yeah,
1: plus I'm kind of a bibliophile, so, you know, I love books, and I love talking about books, and I love thinking about books.
0: And- oh, here we go. So it's going to be a lovely evening. See, we're going to talk about books and ghosts, and it's awesome. And what's inter- What's most interesting about this? Guy- no, I'm going to save that. I'm going to save that until we bring him on. I'm going to save that. I don't want to say anything now. I'm going to spoil the mood. No. It's, it's, well, all right. I'll say it. I just think it's interesting that he writes this stuff, but yet his one in his like biography of what he's about, he's always freaked out when he hears like strange noises in the night and stuff like that. It's like I find it interesting that ho- a lot of horror writers, uh, whether it's fiction, fiction, whatever, seem to be freaked out about the stuff that they write about. I find it interesting.
1: That's true. You know, though, the the most frightened person I've ever been in a haunted place with who was a marine sniper.
0: Get, no. They're totally.
1: Like, Get you would think, it. right? Yeah. No, this guy was, like, so freaked out and jumpy. And, I i mean, you know, because, yeah, don't they have to, like, lay for hours and not have anything startle them and be...
0: Yes. Yeah, later, like, scorpions run wherever they're at. or you Yeah,
1: know, yeah, no. Okay, so, apparently, dudes with guns, snakes, you know, um... People who want to kill him, crap like that—not scary. Ghosts, terrifying.
0: Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, see that that's makes cool. us—that makes us cool. It makes us tough. Then I feel—I feel that I'm tough now. Thank you.
1: Well, don't you think though that some people who investigate might actually be a little afraid, and part of what they're doing is facing their
0: fears? Yeah, I suppose that's possible. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I,
1: I, that's I think that's actually a pretty valid reason for for investigating the paranormal.
0: Well, well yeah. And that's true because when I was a a kid, I was always afraid of the dark, you know, afraid of the dark, what was in the dark, all that kind of stuff. I mean, now I I love, I love, I turn the lights off. I love being in the dark and I don't really worry too much about spirits or entities. I mean, especially now that I understand it a lot more. But, um, yeah, I could see that, I suppose. Yeah, sure.
1: All right. All right. Well, let's do this. Let's go to break. Okay. And when we come back, we can talk haunted, you said haunted libraries and bookstores?
0: Yes.
1: Groovy, baby. All right, stick around. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network. We'll be right back.
0: Hey, everyone. It's me, Chuckie G., and I'm here with Karen Fraser.
1: We'd like to invite you to join us on Hazy Radio every Thursday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific, 10 to midnight Eastern for Paranormal Underground Radio, In the Dark with Karen Fraser and Chuckie G.
0: We'll be exploring the paranormal and featuring the latest in spiritual and metaphysical topics, as well as interviewing intriguing guests.
1: So please join us every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern for two hours of exciting paranormal radio on HazyRadio.com. Hey, everyone. It's Karen Frazier from Paranormal Underground Radio. I'm here to tell you about my latest book, Pioneer Spirits, investigating the haunted Lewis County Historical Museum. In the book, I got together with Patty Valdez, South Sound Paranormal Research. SSPR has actually interacted with the ghosts at the Lewis County Historical Museum for more than seven years, and the experiences that I've had there as a volunteer and paranormal investigator have been significant. So I'm excited to share the story of the ghosts there with you. I hope you'll pick up a copy of Pioneer Spirits so that you, too, can know what it's like to encounter one of Washington State's most active haunts. This book is available on Amazon.com or you can visit my website at authorkarenfraser.com. Kristen from the enlightened circle join us tuesday nights at 10 p.m eastern where we'll feature great guests enlightening information and spiritual healing if you have questions about or for the universe the enlightened circle is where you want to be tuesdays at 10 only on the hazy radio network
4: Radio listeners, do you like animated movies and TV shows? Do you ever wonder just what goes into making the magic that appears on your screen? Join Doug Engler and Brandon Aarons every Sunday night for Animazing Radio. Animazing will feature everything in the animation arena, from voice actors and actresses to illustrators, producers, and more. Only on Animazing Radio will you find the very best in animation from around the world. Catch Animazing Radio every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, only on the Hazy Radio Network. Doug, what you doing?
5: I'm
1: celebrating the new time slot for Periscope Uncensored.
4: That's right. We're moving to 9, 8 Central starting April 3rd.
1: Yep. And with a party this big, we have to invite all of the Hazy Radio listeners.
4: Uh, what was that?
1: Oh, God, I think I partied a little too hard.
4: Oh, Doug.
1: Catch Periscope Uncensored Friday nights at 9, 8 Central.
4: Only on the Hazy Radio Network.
1: Do you want to keep up with what's going on at Paranormal Underground?
5: Then tweet us on Twitter at ParanormalUG.
1: Or follow us on Facebook at Paranormal Underground. Meet us on MySpace, Paranormal Underground.
5: There's no need to be in the dark about what's going on at Paranormal Underground. Join us on your favorite social networking site today.
3: This is June Lundgren, Psychic Medium. And you're listening to Chuck G. and Karen Frazier on Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark on Hazy Radio Network.
4: Hazy Radio Network. The views expressed and the opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Hazy Radio Network, its affiliates, or sponsors. All shows are independently owned and broadcast for entertainment purposes only.
0: That would be correct, show uh, people. The name of the show is Paranormal Underground Radio in the
1: Dark. Sorry.
0: In the Dark. Okay, so. I got
1: the in the dark. I just got going in my steel and.
0: Forget me, the in the dark part. Okay, it's all right. Um, so the name of the band was Mars Woodfall. Uh, the name of the song is Restitution. I was, I I really like those guys too. They're from Chicago, but now it's time to bring on our guest. Are we ready, Karen?
1: Oh, the show's not just about me tonight.
0: No, it's not just Uh, about you. It's never
1: all about, it's never all about me. And I really did. I got an
0: idea. Do you want to introduce the guests? Because I always do it. You want to no, do it? No,
1: you go ahead. Nope.
0: All right. Fine. All right. Uh, we have a Mark Leslie here today. Uh, he's the author of Tomes of Terror, Haunted Bookstores and Libraries, amongst a lot of other things. And uh, I want to talk to him about his fear of ghosts, even though he writes about ghosts. <laughs> Hi, Mark. How you doing? Welcome to the show.
5: <laughs> hey, Chuckie. Great to be on
1: the show. <laughs> so Good. really, really what I told you off the air, that people without bodies is not comforting.
0: No, uh, that's a little, a little creepy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, dude, I don't understand. I don't want to. Under- I, I just called you, dude, didn't I? Is it okay if I call yeah, you, horror. dude? Or, you can right. call me, dude. Because because I don't understand. Okay, you, all right. You're right about ghosts and stuff. Okay, whether it's nonfiction, and then you have your fiction, which is got some cool horror books too. All right, and then yeah. we throw in that you go around accompanied by a skeleton, a life-size skeleton named Barnaby. How can We're you afraid. be afraid of, like, how can you be afraid of like, ghosts? I mean, of can people
1: be- without bodies.
0: Yes. I mean, or
5: without skin. <laughs> okay. Yes. You know what, it's, I honestly think, um, I mean, I've always been scared of the monster under my bed. I've always been, you know, frightened of the dark. Uh-huh. Uh, and that hasn't changed uh, now that I'm older. But what I did find is that when I started to write, I was always drawn to the shadows. I was always drawn to it. Even might think it might have been therapy as I was trying to. You know, purge the demons and purge the ghosts from uh, from my psyche. Um, uh-huh. That's uh, that's been the you know the source of a lot of my inspiration for my writing. Well, but cool. it hasn't changed. I haven't gotten braver over the years. I have to continue to be just as scared when I finish writing a chapter for a book um, as <laughs> you know as I was going into it.
1: So you go to the locations that you write about and do research in person.
5: Yeah, as much as possible. So, for example, uh, this past March, I, uh, I took the week and went to Ottawa, which is Canada's capital in, in Ontario. My next book's going to be Ghost Stories of Ottawa and uh, stayed in a haunted motel, which was a little bit eerie, but uh, then, you know, went on the ghost walk tour there and visited probably six of the different locales that I ended up writing about in the book.
1: So did you have experiences in those places then?
5: Um, no, unfortunately, (laughs) my, uh, my girlfriend wanted to stay at the, uh, there's a hostel in Ottawa. And it's, uh, it's one of the oldest jails in Canada. And, you know, that's where executions took place and just despicable conditions. And, you know, there's, there's stories of dozens of ghosts there. And it's actually a youth hostel. She can stay there for like $36 a night. And, and she says, well, next time we come to Ottawa, we should stay here. And I'm like, yeah. Okay. You stay here. I'll be at the hotel just across the street. <laughs> and you know, if you see anything, give me a call.
1: <laughs> so, have you had any experiences at all? Or, I mean, is and if you yeah. haven't, oh, you have had experiences, and where they were frightening for you.
5: Uh, yeah, and, and it's funny because you know I had I had written uh, several novels and two uh, nonfiction books, and people had asked me, "Have you ever seen a ghost yourself?" And I said. No, but I still believe in them. Just because you, I don't see atoms, but I know they exist. Mm-hmm. And um, and then last spring, I was in Halifax on the east coast of Canada,
2: mm-hmm. and I was at the uh,
5: Lord uh, the Lord Nelson. It's one of the one of the older hotels, and I was there for a writers conference. And um, I got in sort of mid afternoon. Went in. Uh, went to plug my laptop in and then my iPhone because I'd been traveling all day. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to charge it. And the, and the plug, there's a lamp plug beside my bed because my laptop's over at the desk. That plug's taken up with the you know, the coffee machine and my laptop. So I plug it in and there's no power. And I go, oh, that's weird. And I see, oh, the plugs come out from the wall. So I grab the plug and I stick it in the socket in the wall. It's a nice tight fit. And, you know, then sure enough, the lamp comes on and, and I charge my phone. So I, I do some stuff and then I go out for dinner. And I um I like leaving lights on because I don't like coming into a dark room. That's kinda of scary for me, especially, you know, a hotel, a strange place that's not sure. familiar with. Sure. And I come back from dinner and it's still springtime, so it's you know it's seven o'clock or something like that, and it's dark. And uh the lights out and I thought, Oh, that's strange. I thought I left the lights on. And uh when I come into the room I turn on the main switch and I and I go around to the to the light by the bed uh lamp and and the the plug is unplugged. And I thought, that's kind of weird Did the the maid come into the room and, you know, maybe she unplugged it and vacuumed or whatever. Right. I I thought no big Mm -hmm. deal. So then, you know, I I do some email and some work and stuff like that because I'm doing a presentation the next day. And then I go to bed, I plug my phone in, you know, again at the light and reading before bedtime and, when I'm traveling, it's a different time zone as well from, from where I am. I, I get up in the morning or I, I worry about fall, like sleeping too long because on the East coast, it's an hour earlier. So I want to make sure I get up early. So often I'll wake up a lot in the middle of the night, you know, worried. So what happens is I, I reach over to the, uh, the bedside the table and I just poke the button on my iPhone that, you know, brings up the screen that shows you what time it is. Mm-hmm. And, it's been plugged in all night, but it says 33%. And I, and, and, and a chill went down my spine and I went, what's going on? So I used the light from the phone, I just kind of tip it, and I lean over the bed and I look down and I see it's been unplugged again. Mm. And um the thing, I'm thinking, uh, okay, maybe a mouse came in and pulled, like, I, I can't <laughs> imagine it, like, Someone came into my room and unplugged it, like, what was going on? And it was a tight fit. It's not like it was just loose in the wall and it had fallen out. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking, all right, I'm not going back to sleep at this point. So I got up, <laughs> put on all the light, like, and I decided for the rest of my trip not to plug that in because something didn't want that plugged in the wall. And I was like, huh. yeah, I can, I can live with that if that's all if that's, that's going to happen here. Yeah. Um, but again, it was eerie. It was I did have to have a few drinks the next night for me to sure. fall asleep.
1: Sure, sure. Well, well, so Halifax... Um, I have always thought that Halifax has got to be a really haunted place because, of course, it's the site of one of just a huge tragedy um, mm-hmm. when the munitions ship blew up. And I mean, how many people died in that? It was.
5: Oh, my God. Huge. I don't even know the numbers. It was devastating. Yeah. Thousands of, of, of dead people uh, instantly. I mean, I've written I've written fiction based on ghosts that uh, allegedly um, exist in Halifax, but I've, I've never actually done the nonfiction stuff, so didn't uh, didn't do the detailed research. But wow, what a a Fantastic, uh, city for, for history and stories.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've always been really, um, it's one of the places, uh, you know, if I, if I ever head east that I want to visit is Halifax. Um, and not just because it's haunted, but I mean, that's a big part of it. Do you, you know what we're talking about, Chuck, with the, no, no, I it do was not. in that World War one, wasn't it?
5: Yeah. 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 It, it was, it was just the yeah, munitions uh, ship um, in the harbor. Oh, that uh basically um caught fire and exploded with all of those um, uh, the gunpowder and everything on on board and it pretty much devastated the entire downtown section of uh Halifax i mean one of the one of the ghost stories that i 'm familiar with from from the ghost walks there is the um the legend of this church window where Allegedly, there was it's. It was the shadow. You, could, you know, you have the the bombs and the sh- shadows of people, and there's the shadow of a of a man standing in the glass. And it doesn't matter how many times they replace the window, the window still has the ends up getting that defect of the shadow mm-hmm. of the human in the window. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was one of the ones that that you know, when I think of when I think of the Halifax explosion, I specifically think of that story.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it was blocks. It was like blocks from the harbor that people had. And that oh, windows yeah. and places were turned to rubble, and I mean, thousands of people died during this. Yeah,
5: it was it was a it was a terrifying, devastating uh, tragedy.
0: So, so to roll backwards in your life a little bit, how how I mean, how did you get into uh, I guess ghosts, writing, all that? I mean, where, where did it all kind of start? I mean.
5: Um. I think I mean when I was a child and I used to draw little little um, cartoons and things like that I would always be drawing pictures of bigfoot or ufo's or, or yes. things that things that scared me so um mm-hmm. when I started when I I, I loved telling stories and I loved campfire stories I loved listening to somebody uh tell you a tale uh you know keep you completely spellbound as they roll out a story and then, of course scare the, the you know the the, the the living stuff right out of you. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've always found that fascinating. So when I write stories, I really enjoy capturing the reader and playing upon their fears. And and it's easy because I have so many fears. So it's easy <laughs> enough to say, well, what, what are people? You know your stuff,
1: stuff, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Got a list. Exactly.
0: <laughs> wow. So so uh, so then just kind of like moved into. Oh, I'm going to write about this, these. I mean, was there anything? Uh, so as far as writing and the way you you liked to capture people's attention with the storytelling, but was there anything like was there anything paranormal that 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 had occurred to you or had occurred with you know with you that that made you go f- into that like writing horror versus writing anything else or
5: um, no, except for the fact that um, when I looked in the dark, uh, I always imagined what could be there, and that imagination was always obviously far worse than what was there. When I was in the woods, I was never afraid of a bear, or a a wolf, or anything. I was afraid of Bigfoot, or some creature from, you know, some mythological (laughs) creature that was coming to me. So, I was, you know, when I looked into the sky, I saw the beautiful stars, and the moon, and the constellations, and it's that a UFO. You know, I, I was always speculating about something, and so that's why I think um, when I wrote, uh, even if I was going to write a story that seemed to be a normal story, something would creep out of the shadows of the table and sort of insert itself in the story, uh, and, and, and that just tended to be what I enjoyed doing. So I, I had a lot of, uh, I had a lot of fun uh, writing stories about things that frightened me. Uh, u- university is an example, when I uh, first moved to university, we had been uh, with you know three other students in a house, and this pizza guy kept showing up uh, and it was just an odd occasion when you think oh not no, no big deal right you know delivered to the wrong house or whatever but every night at the same time he would show up and so of course I sit down and write a story about a pizza guy who had been murdered at that house who continues to try to uh... deliver pizza to the house. you know so it's it, anything that happens in my life I'm always looking at well what what's really going on here and then mm-hmm. and then of course I uh, explore it you know, ends up being you know paranormal or supernatural or something like
0: that no wait the pizza guy one was that in campus chills
5: no no that, actually that oh. one um that one was published in oh god what was that published in uh, i think it was one of my self-published chapbooks yeah. um oh. <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was a story i wrote when i was i think it was 19 and it was just one of the ones that i i remember things like that's one of the ones that's fun because here's this thing that happened to me and then this is how it turned into a story Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's I. I love that. That's one of the things I like about fiction. And I don't write a lot of fiction. I mostly write nonfiction stuff. But when I write fiction, it always starts with me asking myself, "What if?"
2: Mm-hmm.
5: Exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah. and it, it's I. You know, I love it. So I just wish that your pizza guy had been dressed like a clown or something.
5: Oh God, that'd <laughs> be too way too. No, no, the clowns are way too scary. Are you kidding
1: me? Oh, clowns are creepy as hell. You're not kidding, man. Oh. <laughs> So what so, scares you the most? What is the most terrifying thing you can think good of? Good
0: question. That's what I was going ask him.
1: Yeah.
5: You, you know what? Um, uh, it used to be my dad dying when I was younger. That used to be my yeah. biggest fear. Um, yeah. You know, I had to face that. So that's no longer my biggest fear. Uh, now it's my son. Anything oh, happening to yeah. my son. That, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and you know, I'll take any monster, any ghost, <laughs> any, any, uh, any, any creature. Um, but that's the thing that, that just uh i can't handle that that's that's really really terrifying i know when when stephen king wrote um pet cemetery that was one of his biggest fears right the 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 loss of a child and that was that was why he didn't initially want to publish that book because it was too close to his heart and so yeah that's my biggest fear
0: i think that yeah i think there'd be a fear with like any parent
1: yeah i was gonna say that's my biggest fear too so i'm I'm, I'm right there with you
0: yeah, and that's but,
5: the thing about fears is they're universal. Um, yes. You know, I can talk about that, and as parents, you can say, "Yeah, I understand exactly what you mean. Don't even need to explain it. <laughs> yeah. I'm right there with you." Yeah.
1: yeah. So well, like so, the clown thing, you know what I, you knew where I was going
0: with that. Mm-hmm, oh, the clown. While we're talking about that, what do you think about dolls, Mark? What do you, do? how do you feel about dolls? Creaky dolls. Freak- Are you
5: Freak- kidding me? Oh my god! Um, <laughs> my mother-in-law had this. Creepy doll that was like, I, I, when I would come into the room, I would turn it and face me the other way because it was always looking <laughs> at me and it would freak me out. Um, I was terrified it was going to come get me in the middle of the night. Um, yeah, but there's you know. a great story from the book I was just working on, in Creepy Capital, um, about Ottawa, and it's the Bytown Museum, and there were the dolls that were up on a display on the on the second floor, and, and there was a case that, you know, people would hear the dolls giggling. They would swear that they would see the dolls shifting in the corner of their eyes and stuff like that. And so when we when we got to Ottawa, we went to the museum and and, and we actually heard from the museum staff that people actually come specifically just to see the dolls. But because it's a rotating display, they had mm-hmm. just switched them out and, and we never got a chance to see them. So I was thinking like, like they're even more mysterious to me because I never got a chance to see them. I've only so- read about them. I've heard stories.
1: Would it freak you out to know that Chuck, Cheryl, and I are doing research with haunted dolls right now? Mm-hmm.
5: Yes. Oh my God, that is that is awesome! I can't wait to read it. When is the book coming out?
1: <laughs> uh, it's actually going to be uh, in the magazine, and we think it's probably going to be oh, in the really? July, the July Paranormal Underground. Yep.
5: Mm-hmm. Oh, in the July issue. Okay, excellent! I can't wait to yep. check that out. Yeah. That's, yeah. Well,
1: yes. I would I would invite wow. you to participate if you like. I'd be happy to send sure. you a, a haunted doll. Oh,
5: mm-hmm. oh uh, send me a haunted doll? No, no sorry. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Not <in> my house. <laughs> <laughs> that was the fastest answer ever. No, wow. sorry. no, sorry. Usually, I oh, get. No, um, I'm
1: well, I'm okay, but let me talk with my wife. Oh, she says I can't. <laughs> That's usually the response I get.
5: So. Yes. Oh, says, no, no no no. My uh, my girlfriend will say, yeah yeah, send the hundred dollars I'm like, no no, we're good we're good. Just <laughs> just you leave it over there.
0: <laughs> yeah, the the ones I have, Mark, they're in my bedroom. Right when I go to sleep, they're with me at nighttime.
5: Okay, you are a brave man. Wow.
1: <laughs> and mine sit, mine sit where I work, and Cheryl sits
0: where mm-hmm. she. Yeah. yeah. See, uh,
5: but they're watching you all the time.
1: Yeah, of course. That's how they're getting to know me. They. Okay. So oh, you want Do you want me? Can I freak you out a little bit?
5: Uh, you already have, but go ahead.
1: <laughs> so, um, one of the dolls. Right after she arrived, I started hearing footsteps running up and down my halls at night, and oh, my, my door God. is creaking. Oh man. Yeah. I okay, actually got crazy. up and I actually got up and got a gun a couple times because I thought there was an intruder in the he,
5: he house. Thought, yeah, the, yeah, the gun's not going to stop the doll. No, um,
3: <laughs> not even. A it little. Reminds
5: me of that episode of Seinfeld. Was it Mister Jangles or whatever that Kramer had that doll that was? Uh, yeah. yeah, You saw the shadow of the doll like going down the hallway, and I was like. Yeah. <laughs> That was supposed to be funny, but I had nightmares from that episode.
2: Oh!
5: <laughs> I mean, oh. I still think of—I I think of Poltergeist. You think about that? the clown doll, right? The original Poltergeist. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. Exactly.
5: Now I have okay. I have Barnaby in my bedroom, sitting on a chair at the end of my bed, and that's fine. Um, the huh? Barnaby's my skeleton, but that's fine. Oh. He's not a doll. <laughs> yeah, but is
1: it, a- is it a is it an actual human skeleton?
5: no no it's uh it's actually uh it was purchased at Costco at Halloween, and I did it when I, just before I launched Haunted in Hamilton thought it would be fun to take him with a t shirt on and and, yeah. and 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 it's got Dublin it when I've been on the morning radio station or the morning um television station here in Hamilton. they usually request that I bring Barnaby because you know it's fun uh and he does ride in my car with me and um i, Do I you get to once-
1: use a carpool lane
5: once I use them to get in the carpool line, mean, I'm worried about getting hot of the looks I get from uh people on the highway. They'll pass me and drive by and then you'll you see them put on their brakes,
2: slow down back, and
5: then someone in someone in the seat has got like camera and they're taking pictures. So um <laughs> it's absolute my son's gotten used to it. So, you know, he used to just roll his eyes and as you know, I'd be driving down the street and be able to I'd take the skeleton's hand and made that's on. And he would just full well, his eyes, could... but now
1: he plays along. You're probably, here's the thing you're probably fueling someone's nightmares. You mm-hmm. are probably like the subject of some family lore. The
0: skeleton yeah. guy's
1: going to come <laughs> get you if you don't eat your peas.
0: <laughs> I'm thinking if we send you the doll, though, Barnaby could carry the doll. And then it'd be the skeleton holding a doll. Mm. What do you think? I mean, come on. That's a good okay, idea. Okay, you know what? Maybe, I could could
5: maybe Barnaby will protect me from the doll. Like, that, could be... <laughs> that could be. Wow. <laughs> Yeah,
1: um, count on that happening. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> oh wow. So do we wanna do we wanna get into the the, the Let's haunted bookstore books or take a break first? Let's okay. take
1: a break first because this is a All good cool. point. And then uh, yes. Cheryl, are you ready with a break? Yes, yeah, she's nodding. All she's right, gonna... so we're going to take a break and um we're having a fascinating conversation and I can't wait to talk about haunted bookstores and libraries. Yes, I'm ready. So stick around, you're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. Here on the Hazy Radio Network, we'll be right back.
4: Life in the Universe with Madeline Rudy, discussing paranormal happenings in everyday life with psychics, healers, and intuitives from all over the world. Call in to receive healing energy and balancing. Learn how to create the most fulfilling life possible from healers, intuitives, and life coaches to help you move along your path in life. That's life in the universe. Every Tuesday and Thursday at 12 p.m. Eastern, only on the Hay Z Radio Network.
2: Babies, you gotta just roll with that flow, y'all. Yeah, right into that great daylight as the sun rises, right there in your heart. Starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time and running right into high noon, you've got the Coyote Medicine Show in the mornings with your host, Grandpa Peter Coyote, helping you take flight right into the heart, baby. That's right. You got to know, you got to get in the flow. The Coyote Medicine Show, only on the Hazy Radio Network.
0: You are a waste.
2: Try right. soul the truth, there's nothing more-
1: Hello, this is Patty Valdez with South Sound Paranormal Research, and you're listening to Chucky G and Karen Fraser on Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark on the Hazy Radio Network.
0: That is correct. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark. That song you just heard is "So Sugar" by Luke Potter, so and we sugar. are talking. Yes, we're talking to Mark Leslie, uh, the author of tomes of terror haunted bookstores and libraries we were talking also you know about dolls and oh, we were talking about all sorts of stuff when we were dolls and ghosts we're, and, we're
1: basically just trying to go all in and creep the hell out of him is what we're trying yeah, to do at this point he's never gonna be on the show again he's gonna go no.
0: i'm never going on that show again i have nightmares now thanks very much you know i hope <laughs> that's not gonna happen i hope he's having a good time so anyways yeah. what were we gonna talk now you on break we were talking about what was it we were saying something about a
1: the, uh, the portal in, in Lincoln City
0: What is that? Can you describe that, Mark? What is that Yeah,
5: all? so uh in in Lincoln City, um, which in is a uh, small town in in, in Oregon, um, which is it, it's about what um, 2 hours from Portland, uh, you know, it's on the coast. Yeah,
1: it, yeah, it's it's um, down the coast. Mm-hmm.
5: It is uh, a beautiful small bookstore. And Lincoln City is very much a tourist town. So there's like what, you know, uh, um, 3,000, 5,000 people there normally. And then during tourist season, there's like 20,000 people there. So, uh, Bob's Beach Books is a, is a, is a small bookstore, um, right on the strip, uh, as you're going uh, along the coast. And there's a cash desk right at the front door. And there's basically a couple stairs. There's, you know, a front section of the store which is, you know, maybe 30 feet across by, you know, by 10 feet. And then you go up a couple of stairs. And then there's just a few, like, you know, tall shelves and you can kind of wander around in the back. And that's pretty much the size of the store. So Diana, who is the owner uh, of the bookstore, uh, was working one afternoon. It was a, you know, quiet day off tourist season. And a couple comes in and they looked like a scholarly couple. They look like a, a, a pair of professors that, you know, from the university who, you know, with a tweed jacket and dressed, you know, very, very much like academics. And they come in and they're, they're talking quietly to themselves. And she says hello to them and they wander through the store and, uh, and she says, can I help you find anything? And they said, no, no, we're good. And they wander around the store. So they're there for a good half an hour. And, they're, they're still muttering, and, and she's, she's not sure. So she, she goes over to see, um, can I help you guys find it? And he said, well, we're convinced that um, there's a portal here. We've been told the portal has got to be here or the other bookstore in town. But well, we think this is the one. And she's like, the, the, the portal. And she starts to take a couple steps back, thinking, all right, these guys have lost it. And they said, the portal to Lemuria. Uh which is um like a, a land like Atlantis that um exists in the Atlantic or Pacific Ocean. Um and uh, so she's like, Well I'll just be over at the front cash desk if you need anything and, and then she hears them say, Let's go check by the stairs, we'll see if you know, if it's if it's there. And she's in the store and, you know, a, a few customers come and go from that time and she forgets about them she goes to close the store up and she realizes that they never left the store. She goes to look to see where they are and she can't find them anywhere and the only exit to the store is the front desk. So um, the belief is that either they found the portal and went through the portal and disappeared or potentially they could have just been spirits that had wandered into the store and were talking about something and then then faded from, from sight. But it was just... Um, it was fascinating to be standing there with Diana as she's telling the story, and be able to walk around the store with her and see. Yeah, the only way out is walking right past her at the front desk. Wow. So that's uh, that's the that's the portal at Bob's Beach Books that you have to check out if you're ever, if you're on the coast there in in Oregon.
0: Uh, that sounds pretty darn cool, if you ask me. Um, so all right, so let's move on to your book, which is funny because. Your book is – some. I was looking for a book. I like to read books, so I was looking for a book. And then it just – like today, I realized that the book that I was looking at is your book that I was going to buy, and you're going to be on our show. So I thought that was kind of crazy. So, you know, now I can get the yeah. inside scoop, you know, the, to your book. But can you give me – give us a breakdown of, you know, I don't want you to tell everything, of course, but give us a breakdown yeah. of the book, you know, like – Wait, it's about first. Book, yes?
1: Why haunted bookstores and libraries?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
5: So, you know, we talked earlier about my fascination with ghosts and the paranormal and things that go bump in the night. Like, I've <laughs> always been fascinated with that. For about as long, I have always been one of the biggest book nerds you'll ever find. I absolutely adore books. My favorite quote is um, Cicero's quote, A Room Without Books is like a body without a soul. Yep. And so so my two biggest passions are books. And ghosts and so the thought of being able to share the the most magnificent wonderful places in the world are bookstores and libraries places that mm-hmm. house books uh and the people who frequent them um and and of course uh ghost stories so uh, imagine my trail and getting a chance to talk uh, to combine them i mean one of the challenges was my editor for this book at, at dundurn um I got so excited about the book aspect of it. I went into that history and the family and all the all these details and my editor says, you know, it's a book of ghost stories, you really should hold back on some of the bookish nerd stuff. <laughs> and she's like, "I know you're into it." And so, um and I fought with her too because you know, I'm so passionate about it. But then, you know, when when she sent the edits back and she tweaked it and cut it and she's like, "Yeah, I left in some of the bookish stuff just so you have that element, but um she's like you know, I, I wanted to make it more interesting for people looking for ghost stories. And so uh, I actually agreed with her, and I and I sent her an apology afterwards, saying, you know what, I'm sorry I'm so bullheaded, but you're right. It's way better this way. <laughs> um, I, I, I preserved some of the bookish stuff for for some of those people that I, I know are, are big book nerds. And I'm like, yeah, I can tell them about the bookish stuff. Um, um, so I think the interesting thing about it was... Um, I mean, uh, the ghost of Jack Kerouac is in here, because he haunts a, a used bookstore in, in Florida, and, um, and he's the annoying author who continues to show up even after death and rearrange books on, you know, on the shelf and faces of his books at eye level, um, because he used to do that when he was alive, and he continues to do that after death. And when I walked into that bookstore last fall, after having written the book, because uh, it was one of the locations I hadn't had a chance to get to, which, you know, it's always nice to go visit, I, you know, I was talking to the cashier. She goes, "Oh yeah, I saw Jack last week." And then she relays the, a, a news story to me of of having seen him walk past uh, this one aisle. Um, and so that's fascinating. There are ghosts um, uh, on, uh, you know, uh, old buildings where people had died in the building, and that building got converted into um, a, a library. Mm-hmm. There are ghosts of uh, librarians who are so dedicated that even after death, they showed up for work, and they continue to wander around. There's actually a ghost with a library card uh, in there because she's 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 there, and the, and, the, and the library staff continue to feel uh, feel her presence as, as uh-huh. one of the regulars, so they've given her a library card. Um, <laughs> there's there's just so many uh, intriguing stories. Um, my, my, I think one of my favorites is from Denver is uh, the Mary Reed Library at the University um, in Denver, and. You would walk, uh, there's a story of a a college student who who walks upstairs into this room, turns the light on, and there across the room sitting in the chair Mm -hmm. is Mary Reed, the ghost. She's sitting, reading in the dark, and uh, she'll stand and look at him and start walking towards him before she disappears. And and she's been seen uh, oftentimes. And, and it's just something really, really creepy because, you know, it's not good for you to read uh, in the dark. That's just not good. For whether you're a human or a ghost, Mom always said <laughs> it's going to hurt your eyes. So um, but there's so many fascinating stories. Uh, I mean, this was just a real, this was a real joy to put together.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, I know you talked a lot, of, uh, you know, you did talk about libraries more than some of the, the, the bookstores and such. Um, yeah what i mean what 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 story do you like that really stands out to you of all the ones that you put into that book i mean what well, what one do you really I, like?
5: think, I think one of the ones that is intriguing and it's kind of funny when you talked uh, earlier about the the dolls right the the haunted dolls because yes. it's, it's a it's an artifact that carries a spirit with it mm-hmm. and there's a there's a used bookstore in Barrie, Ontario and Barry's about an hour an hour and a half drive north of Toronto and this gentleman bought a book on World War II, brought it to his home, and inadvertently brought a ghost with it, because the ghost was attached to the book. He woke up in the middle of the night, he looked up, and he saw a man standing in sort of a brown tunic, with sort of a rope tied around his waist, very old-fashioned looking, standing in front of his closet, flipping through the book, and then he faded from sight. The next night he woke up, he saw the same man walking into his closet and disappearing into the closet door. Mm-hmm. And he continued to see that ghost until he actually consulted the priest. And the priest said, take the book back to the bookstore. And he did. And wow. the ghost never showed up again. Uh And, of course, there are stories of the owner of the bookstore talking about the fact that, oh, yeah, that's not the only book that's haunted in this location um, so it, it's kind of it's kind of a, that, that's an intriguing one so you think you know you go to a used bookstore and you find this wonderful book that you can't get anywhere else because it's no longer in print and you get way more than you are bargaining for when you bring it home
1: yeah well but I mean that's, that's actually fairly common you know like people who buy things in antique stores or at estate sales or or yeah. you know first edition books or any of those things yeah they can have attachments and um you know, if that's not what you're shopping for, that can certainly be a surprise.
5: Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, you guys are probably familiar with Lord, uh, Lord Tundermere's uh, chair uh, in, in White Church, England, in, in mm-hmm. the um, Tumbermore Library. It's one of the yeah. most famous ghost pictures, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, remember, I remember, you know, when I was young and interested in ghosts, so I remember this is one of the pictures you would always see. It was taken uh, in 1891. And and I don't know if you know. Do you guys know the story behind this one? No, I mean, don't share, know.
0: Share that with me. I, well, I know the picture is not the story.
5: The library was one of his most you know cherished places to be, and he died. And it was during his funeral that it was just uh, Sybil Corbett, um, who was a, a family member, who was setting up a camera in the library to take a picture of the library. I think it was her and just one servant that was still in the uh, in the building. And this was back in the days where you would set up a camera, you know, for, you know, five minutes exposure. Mm-hmm. And that's that's how, you know, because of the light and everything, you had to have that long of an exposure to, to take the picture. And what had happened was after when she developed the photo, she saw in his chair a figure that looked like Lord Cumbermore. The servant who was there with her, she had actually, she had actually had left the room. So there was a lot of speculation that, oh, yeah, the servant probably went, sat in his chair know for a few minutes and then left and then that's why you see the ghostly figure sort of you know uh, somewhat visible on the chair and interestingly enough uh, when Lord Cumbermore died he had, uh, had been hit by a vehicle uh, and his legs were broken and uh, and so in the picture his, his legs are the only thing that are very very faded and you can't really see and so there was there were hundreds and hundreds of pages of speculation about whether or not this was a you know a real ghost, whether it was some other phenomenon that had happened, and right. and, and I and I never you know I'd seen the picture, but I'd never heard the story. So you know, getting the chance to write this book meant I got to do the research and, and learn more about that, which was a lot of fun.
1: That's yeah, cool. I just I just put a link in the chat room if people are interested in seeing the picture.
0: Oh, excellent. Yep. Yep. Very cool. So, do you have a question? Or maybe, no, I was,
1: you sounded uh, like you were going to talk, so I was you, just.
0: That's okay. No, I was just going to say, um, you know, we had talked about the Willard Library. So, I mean, is that is that one of the libraries in your book, or was that not in there?
5: No, no, that's definitely in there. Uh, so the Willard Library um, has the um, prestige of being the only library in the world to actually have 24-hour ghost camps. Yep. And you can actually go right now online while you're listening to the show, of course, and you can watch the ghost cams and take screenshots of, of weird phenomena that's going on, and that's the 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 gray lady ghost. Uh, it's the ghost that was seen in the um, yeah. It's in the children's section of the library downstairs, and um, I think the first time a ghost was seen there was the custodian was going to stoke the fire, you know, at three in the morning before uh, when it was a school, and uh, and she showed up and he uh, basically took off and never came back. Uh, that was the first time she had been seen, and of course she can. She continues. Uh, she's seen um, th- throughout there, but I, but I just love the fact that the library itself has embraced this uh, mm-hmm. legend. And, and 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 isn't it? not what a wonderful thing that people because kids are fascinated with different things, mm-hmm. and to have kids you know be drawn to want to go to a library, which you know, one of the most wonderful places in the world, um, because of something fun like ghosts, and that the staff actually provide information and history and all kinds of resources you know um, speculating about the gray lady and who she is and 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 all of that i just -hmm. I, i i just fell in love with the willard library and the folks there were so good i mean most of the people that i talked to were so willing to send photographs or share stories and i mean come on writing a book about bookish places with bookish people like come on it's one of the it doesn't get deep. any
1: better than that, does it?
5: <laughs> no, it doesn't. You know, maybe haunted breweries might have been uh, a little bit more. There you <laughs> go.
1: <laughs> I did. I did get to write about a haunted winery once, and I really enjoyed oh. the research. Yeah, it was oh, pretty I'm sure good. you did. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know that's that's what you could do next is like haunted booze. It could be wineries and distilleries and breweries. Yeah.
5: Mm-hmm. I think I could do that. That would be
0: fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The research would be horrible, wouldn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah. You have to- Good luck remembering what you got to write about. (laughs) (laughs) Be like, what was I supposed to write about? I remember. I'm going to have to
5: go back and do that again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll have to just try it a couple more times to make sure I got it right. So,
5: yeah, that's
0: right. So, so with writing all this and stuff, and now we talked about, you know, how um, it's funny that you write about that, but yet that stuff kind of like you're passionate about it, but yet it still kind of freaks you out. Have you ever thought about have you, have you ever gone on an investigation? Have you ever tried that or to go with somebody to, you know? And,
5: and I actually, um, you know, when I was at a hotel for a science fiction conference, I was at last spring, mm-hmm. uh, which was uh, haunted by a little girl. I went with a friend of mine who had a um, uh, just a simple device that would record, um, would show you um, activity. Mm-hmm. And we were trying to talk to her, but I was terrified I would absolutely try, but I haven't gone on a a serious investigation yet. I probably, uh, I would love to try that. I think that would be, that would be fun. But no, I haven't. I've gone on, I've gone on many ghost walks Mm -hmm. and I've gone on tours of places where, you know, where, um, where they give you some of the history and and you get to experience uh, the place for yourself. But, Okay. Um, no, I haven't gone on like the old where you, you stay overnight and you've got the cameras and everyone doing the investigation. Yeah. I've watched lots of videos of it though, and I get real sure. so creeped out watching those. Videos.
1: Surely you've come across people of people like us before, though. So you know, all you yeah. have to do is say, "Hey, I'm doing research for a book. Would you let me tag along on an investigation?" Yeah. And you know what? Yeah. Most people are going to say, "All right, come along." Right. You
0: know, bring it, bring it on, Mark. yeah, Mark, let's
5: please, go. Where you depends, and you can come with us. <laughs>
0: That's okay. We won't we won't tell anybody if anything happens. You know, it's like Vegas.
5: You know, I have that's
1: to right. I have to wonder what happened to you when you were young that you don't remember. <laughs> it scared
2: me in
5: such a way. Yeah.
1: I don't know. Yeah. seriously. Yeah. I, I kind
5: of wonder no, about no. that because um yeah. But that's a good sign for me when I finish writing a chapter uh about uh and, and often because I work full time, I'm uh-huh. often writing till 2 or 3 in the morning. Um you know to to finish creepy capital uh, a few weeks ago, you know for pretty much a week straight, I would you know get home from work and and finish the stuff I needed to do and write from like nine p m until two in the morning. And when I finish writing a chapter, I usually take a break at the end of each one and and i i I feel that chill. I feel like I'm looking over my shoulder and I'm wondering like I'm thinking about the the stuff I was just writing about, and one time. When I did haunted Hamilton, uh, it's the city I live in now. Um, there was a, a, a ghost story about uh, a woman who had woken up, and there was like this ghost hovering over top of her with like these dark sockets for eyes and just you know like ha- haggity sort of uh, hair, mm-hmm. um, and just the just the image as 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 it, and it was from an article. It was from a newspaper article from the seventies uh, that I found the story, and as I'm. Looking at the artist's sketch of the picture, and I'm imagining, you know, waking up, opening my eyes, and seeing that hovering above me. Um, I sat, uh, this was, uh, in, in the, in the house I was in at the time. My basement, basement den was the only light I had on. Um, my wife and my son were sleeping upstairs. It was probably three in the morning. I finished writing. I'm like, okay, I should get to bed, get sleep for two or three hours, then get up and go to work. And I sat there. And I couldn't leave the light in my den. I couldn't leave and walk into the dark to go out uh, upstairs and go to bed. I sat there for 40 minutes in my chair in a pool of light thinking, yeah, I could sleep here.
1: I'm <laughs> sure. <laughs> you need, <laughs> you need I... an emergency headlamp is what you
5: need and you'll be fine. Oh, my God. But I actually sat there and then I felt like, okay, enough messed enough. And I finally either got so tired that, it, you know, the, 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 the fear finally went away. But I, I remember sitting there, you know, chills with goosebumps, just terrified.
2: Just
5: I think, terrified. I and, it, and that's that's a sign of a, of a fun chapter for me.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. So you I, like
1: find, you like that though, then too. You obviously yeah. you you like to be scared. I do. I, yeah, I do I, enjoy it. Yeah,
0: I find it fascinating that he writes the scary stuff that scares the poop out of himself, and then he can't. <laughs> that's awesome.
5: Well, I figure if I scared myself, and chances are I'm going to scare at least one other person who's reading
1: it. I think if you scared yourself and you knew it was coming, you'll probably scare more than one person. Yeah, it. I'm so, sure. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah I, I'm, I'm never going to forget that statement ever, though. Yeah, I could sleep here. And you went with the high voice, too. Yeah, I could sleep here. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. So, So why do they say, like, as far as your fiction... Um, they describe it as Twilight Zone style. Why, why, why do you? Yeah, why so, is that?
5: Because most people have seen uh, Twilight Zone or The Outer Limits, so they they yes. understand the kind of story that happens there. And um, because the stuff I write, um, this is just sort of trying to specify genre. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, well, it's not science fiction because there's not a lot of science in what I write. Wow. Um, it's not fantasy because of you know, dragons and, and magic and stuff like that, and 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 I would call it horror initially because horror tended to cover sort of that speculative stuff that wasn't science fiction, wasn't fantasy. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times people would read my fiction and go, "Well, that wasn't horror. Like it wasn't you know what they think of as classic horror. It was just yeah. creepy and 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 weird, weird fiction." You write creepy, so, weird fiction. There you go. I write creepy, weird fiction. So I often find that when people, when I say horror, people are like, oh, I don't like horror. I'm not going to go there. Um, but when I when I explain it, it's kind of like an episode of The Twilight Zone. They go, oh, oh okay, that sounds neat. It sounds like it's interesting and it maybe a little bit creepy, but it's not like, you know, when you say horror, I think people think about slasher films and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. they go, well, that, that wasn't horror. I mean, a lot of it's dark humor, too. But um, so I found that over time, when I describe the, you know, when I tell people, I was like, well, was that like an episode of The Twilight? So, like, yeah, I, I could see that. Uh, it's one of those stories that is weird and you just can't place it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because you, you have other, there's other, you know, like One Hand Screaming, which is like a short story yeah. collection. And what, what's, yeah. and I, I'm, so we talked about the Pizza Man, but that wasn't in Campus Chill. So what's, is I guess I, I, it's a Campus stupid Stone, question, yeah. but is, is Campus Chill's about, like, Campuses and stuff.
5: No, and or. Um, no, it's actually fiction. It's fiction. I was working at McMaster University bookstore. We had an espresso book machine, which is a oh. machine that will print and bind a book right on the okay. right in the store. Mm-hmm. And I got thirteen Canadian writers to write original fiction set on campuses. So it was ghost stories
2: oh, cool. called
5: at various, and it happened to be all Canadian. And so I had, like, uh, Kelly Armstrong went to Western University uh, in uh, in London, Ontario. So she wrote mm-hmm. about Western. And uh, Julie Tornada, a science fiction writer from from Ontario, uh, wrote about uh, Waterloo. And uh, so we had all these different writers writing stories. Now, the one mandate that I did say when I asked them to write the stories was no Virginia Tech style stories. I don't oh, want a yeah. student goes into, you know, shoots up class. That's not horror that's reality. Mm-hmm. I want it to be something fantastical. A monster is created in the lab. Um, a ghost from the historic building. You know, some 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 weird thing happens. Um, that's speculative, not not real world horror. And uh, and so that collection came out. Ironically, now that I've started to do the nonfiction books, I'm like, yeah, I got to do a book of ghost stories about campuses. But what am I going to call it? I've already used that title.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah.
1: So I I just. Hold pulled up your Amazon links. You, you have one about snowmen.
5: Oh, that's one of my most popular stories. Um, yes, so Snowman Shivers, and I made that one free because that was uh, there were two stories that actually were previously published in, and then I republished them in One Hand Screaming. And so the, 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 the most popular of the two snowman stories are um, a story called That Old Silk, Silk Hat They Found And I always, when I listened to the song, Frosty the Snowman, I always wondered, how could he be so happy? And where did his legs come from? Because when they built the snowman, I'm pretty sure he was just three balls of snow. Uh, like, Like, just because he came to life doesn't mean that he suddenly sprouts legs. So I wrote what I thought was a more realistic take on what would happen if you put an old silk hat on a snowman and it came to life. What would really happen? And so it was a dark humor tale. And 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 the thing I love about this is I have gone in and read this story to grade six classes, and I've read this to to uh, seniors. Uh, so it's a story that just, especially here in Canada, you know, where you know the snow is a, a way of life in most, of except for you know on the on the west coast, it's a it's a way of life for most of us for you know four or five months of the year. Um, so uh, those are those are two of my more popular stories, and 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 oftentimes people will say, "When are you going to write another snowman story? When are you going to write another snowman story?" I actually <laughs> did, um, I'm having one that's going to be published. This um, a YA story; it's getting published in a Fiction River anthology in December. But it's more of a touching story. It's not dark humor at all. But again, it's I've uh, returned to my
0: snowman roots. Awesome. Let's
1: well, talk. you're really pro- prolific, and it actually looks like you've also written a book um, aimed at helping other authors. Is that true? T- navigating the digital tipping point? Is that you?
5: Uh, yeah, that was actually um, mostly articles I'd written about um, as the book industry was going digital, trying to understand what this meant for publishers and booksellers, and that actually I probably should be updating it soon because I wrote that. Oh God, that was three years ago now, which in digital time is ancient history.
2: Right.
5: Yeah, right. That was uh, yeah. That's my um, um, yeah. The, 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 the digital tipping point. What did yeah. I call that book? I'm I think you called Yeah. Yeah. I like that. He said
0: digital. It's like digital. Living at the like, living um, at the tip. Living
1: at the tip living is is at the what tip. You it.
5: Yeah, because yeah. as I as I wrote it, that it was finally after forty years, because ebooks were forty years old. That uh, when I, when I was putting that out. Finally, after 40 years, the digital tipping point was finally happening. Um, and, you know, I had been in the book industry since 1992. Uh, I've worked, I, I still work in the book industry. I'm, I'm the author relations person at Kobo.com. And so I, um, you know, having been involved in the book industry um, for, you know, more than 20 years, um, you know, I was always writing articles and focused on what does this mean for authors and publishers and bookstores and libraries and and what does it mean for for you know um, consumers um you know are and, and and the beautiful thing you know in in a simple conclusion is you will always need stories and storytellers and you will yes. always have books and stories in whatever format it doesn't matter all people want is to be entertained and to be consum- and to learn and to to be educated and stuff so that's really really exciting
1: Mm -hmm. I just found one, it's a short, I think, that you wrote called Memento Mori. Is it about taking pictures of dead people?
5: Uh, (laughs) uh, No, actually, Memento Mori is, it's it's an ode to an old Mark Twain short story. And so um, there was a Mark Twain short story called um, A Curious Dream, where he uh, has this dream one Halloween where he uh, is sitting on his front steps and he sees a bunch of skeletons dragging their uh, coffins down the street. And the skeleton stops. And it's sort of a dark humor, sort of political piece. Uh And he's basically saying, it's such a shame. It used to be such a wonderful thing to be dead. Now it's such a shame. Nobody takes care of the grave. Nobody's ever visited me. Look at my robes. They're all rotted. You know, uh, all these bugs crawling through me. Like, you guys really don't know how to take care of the dead. Like, it's really disgusting that you have no... You know, you don't honor us in any way, and it's. And he wakes up and he's like, "Oh wow, this is just bizarre." And so I thought it was a public domain story, and I was supposed to be—I think I was supposed to be studying university for something at that time. But instead of studying, I wrote the story, and the story was, "What if, what if the the, the dad went a little farther to to teach the living a lesson?" And so I, I sort of, "Memento uh, Mori," the something that's a curious nightmare, uh, an ode to Mark Twain. For anyone who recognized the piece, they go it, it. It parallels the Mark Twain piece, and then sort of takes it to the to the next level. And that was a lot of fun, um, you know, riffing on a on a classic story that I so adored.
1: You are totally a book nerd.
5: Oh, I like giant <laughs> book nerds.
1: Yeah, that's cool. I I love that. I I love books. I'm a huge reader, and of course a writer as well. So yeah, good for you.
0: So yeah, so so when are we gonna see that book you wrote when you were thirteen years old? It's hidden away.
5: Oh God. <laughs> I have an old uh an old ex girlfriend who um who has a copy uh of it and keeps she she's actually sent me pictures of manuscript pages saying, you know, I might reveal this one day. <laughs> so I'm like, please don't. <laughs> please, please don't <laughs>
0: Is there is there at least a title to it, or is there no title to this? Uh,
5: That was actually it was called uh, the story of Conan Bach. Uh, Conan, yes, being Conan the Barbarian, Mm because I you know I didn't know enough when I was thirteen that I couldn't use a copywritten character. Sure. Uh, Oh, so
1: it's fanfic.
5: It was it was it was a yeah technically it was kind of fanfic because one of the main characters was um, was based on Conan the Barbarian. And, you know, fictional. Yeah, so in, in many ways, it was, it was it was really terrible fanfic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Way to sell yourself, Mark.
5: <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a story I never plan on anyone ever reading. Oh, darn. <laughs>
0: yeah.
5: But again, you've got to cut your chops, right? You've got to do the practicing. You you've got to get a yep. lot of things written before you're ready to start sending it out into the world.
1: Yep, Yep, I started writing when I was five years old. I wrote little poems and stories and yeah, never stopped. So, yeah, you do. You
5: have to practice. Anyone threatening to to reveal them to the world? No,
1: because I was smart enough not to give them to people.
0: Oh, Mark. (laughs) 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 Way to take care of the guests.
1: I'm sorry. I'm sure that they were really bad. You know, it's so funny. It was, uh, I went to a football game last fall with a friend of mine that I hadn't seen in probably 15 years. Our kids are the same age. So they both started college this year. And so we were catching up on the kids and stuff. And I was asking about his daughter and he said, uh, she, he said, well, she has a boyfriend. And I said, Oh, well, good for her because she's kind of, you know, kind of. A, a, a nerdy gal and you know nerdy gals yeah. in high school don't always do real well and he, sa- he said yeah she- it's somebody she met in her writing group and of course I went oh she's writing and he, he kind of got I said what is she writing and he, he kind of got all embarrassed and he said well it's fanfic I said well that's okay that's, you gotta start somewhere and he said it's Pokemon fanfic
0: oh, right on. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god
1: I know. I could tell. I mean, because her mom's, her mom's a technical writer, and, you know, so I could tell that he was wishing he hadn't opened the whole writing group can of worms with me, because I was like, oh, that's so great. <laughs> no, you don't understand. It's Pokemon fanfic.
0: Yeah, that, 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 is a, that is a tad scary.
1: You so, gotta start somewhere she got a boyfriend out of it. Hey.
0: That's true. so she doing okay?
2: That, that, yeah.
0: So, you, so you write about all this paranormal stuff, um, you know, whether it's ghosts or monsters or whatever. So, as far as like uh, we use the term ghost loosely, but what, as a person, what do you think spirits are? Kind of curious.
5: I actually i have a I have a few different theories. Um, okay. I, I I believe that a spirit may be a deceased person who isn't finished with business of some sort you know, died in a tragic way or hasn't finished what they wanted to do, you know, like the pizza man, right? They he just wants to deliver his pizza and, and finish for the night and, and that's yeah. it. Um, I also believe um that you could leave your spirit in a place and still be alive because you are so attached to some place that you yeah. actually leave it there. Uh I mean one of my favorite short stories that I that I wrote um it was called Spirits and, and the premise was that you can leave your spirit in a place, and sometimes I, I, I believe there's probably people walking around the world who've left a part of themselves somewhere, and they 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 seem empty or hollow, and they don't feel they don't feel right about life, and that's because some place back in time they left their spirit behind somewhere, and it's still there, and wow. that spirit is maybe what people are seeing, you know, okay. replaying itself over and over, or uh, um, and and then that's sort of the other third possibility um for ghosts is that something happened that was so traumatic that it created like a, a time stamp like a ripple like a like an after image in 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 the time space continuum in that locale and that what you're seeing is you're sort of seeing the echoes or the ripples from from history So no. know those are sort of three theories that i kind of bounce around in between
0: Oh, actually, no, it, that's could, actually,
1: it, it could be all of them. I mean, yeah, you know, it doesn't yeah. have to be just one.
0: Mm-hmm. So, it's, and so, you do feel we can, we actually can connect with them, communicate with them, uh, and such.
5: Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, I always, I always quote Hamlet. I always quote the uh, the line that he said to Horatio: "Is there are more things in heaven and earth than are dreamt of in your philosophies?" And I think, yeah, there's more things than we could barely understand. Um, just because we don't understand what it is and we we don't we we can't put a you know a proper label on it doesn't mean it doesn't exist and isn't happening. Um, mm-hmm. There's too much evidence of, of phenomenon that we just can't explain. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that that's presented to us. That you know I I, I believe that there, there's a lot of stuff going on that most of us never even notice that's happening. So.
1: So I have to ask: Is your degree in literature?
5: Yes, it is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what a surprise!
5: Imagine that.
1: Eh? <laughs> I can tell you, you speak like you speak like a, a somebody with a lit degree. So that's hey, you know what? I would have, I would have loved to have had literature as my degree in college, but you know, yeah, well, I would, you I went with music instead. So oh
5: that's fun it's creative it's enjoyable
1: it's all creative right that's what college is about about. i keep i keep telling my son that you know college is the place where you figure it all out it's the time and place to try things and have fun and do creative stuff Mm -hmm.
2: yeah exactly exactly. so
0: that book you're writing creepy capital eerie tales of ottawa and the national capital region uh that's not out till next year is that correct
5: yeah, no, I, I missed my deadline to get it in this uh, the fall catalog. So it's going to be in the spring uh, catalog next year. But uh, um, the next one with Thunder is Haunted Hospitals. That I'm, I'm beginning Ooh. to start work on this summer. So that yes. may be next fall. So Oh, um, yeah. fun. Yeah, well, I want yeah it's not- hospitals and institutions and prisons. So sort of, because uh, yeah. there's so many amazing, terrifying stories. That one's going to scare me the most, I think.
1: Ah, uh, scare the crap out of you. That's right. You'll there love you it. You'll be, be you'll be to, happy. You'll be happy as a clam.
0: You'll never go to the that's doctor right. again.
1: <laughs>
5: yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> so yeah, because I want to read about those dolls you were talking about, and I, I got I'm just totally enthralled about reading about that one uh, story in the creepy capital, so I just got to read about those dolls. <laughs> <laughs> Let's creepy. tell you. So, see, um, man,
1: Chuck likes the creepy stuff. It doesn't scare you, does it, Chuck?
0: No, I like it. I enjoy
5: yeah. it. Yeah, he's got a room full of creepy dolls already. So yeah, I
1: know so we dig cool. that crap.
0: I like that stuff. A little <laughs> adrenaline going. Yeah, it's good for you. That's okay. That's
1: right. You know, yeah. I wonder though if you go on a paranormal investigation, if you'll discover just how boring it really.
0: Is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not like. And you're how blood-
1: yeah. and how subtle the paranormal <laughs> activity often is. It's I mean mm. the in your, yeah. in your face stories are great. And yeah. they do happen, but most of it is so little and subtle, and
5: yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine. It was, it was kind of funny. In, in university, we did a we did a block on um, locations and and how there are different locations that have a set script. And cool. my task was to go spend a Saturday night at the ER at the hospital and just report on what I saw. But Ooh. before I did that, I had to speculate on what I was going to see. And so this was, um, like, seen Elsewhere and uh, ER and different shows that were, you know, about the drama. And so I had all this speculation that I was going to see all of this excitement and people saving lives and, you know, people coming in with limbs torn off and blood pumping and, you know, get get me a thingy stat and all kinds of stuff going on. And I sat there for three hours. I was bored out of my tree. Um, you know, and then all, all it was was a big, giant TV in the corner playing really, really way too loud. And um, I just remember going, well, that was a disappointment. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
5: nothing like, nothing I like, like
0: Hollywood. <laughs> I like the thing where you said, give me that thingy stat, too.
5: <laughs> yeah. Well, <'cause> <laughs> I'm know, pretty sure that's technical. what they call it, yeah. 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 Give me a, so I do sure. like medical thrillers.
1: <laughs> bring, me a, bring me a doohickey now.
5: Yes.
0: <laughs> the machine that goes, bing. <laughs> <laughs> So basically it wasn't what you thought it was gonna be.
1: So you sat wait, did you sit in the waiting room or did you sit in the back?
0: I know it's no, awesome.
5: no, I was in was, I was in the waiting room. Uh the thing is oh, they no. did uh, nobody who was there knew that what you were doing, so you had to be there sort of incognito. Oh. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's not like I could just say, hey I'm gonna hang yeah, so obviously I didn't see um anything. But like not even a single ambulance came in uh through this you know, side door and probably, uh,
1: No, they go in the back. They have their own entrance. But,
0: oh man. And you're but, <laughs> You were in the wrong spot, Mark. <laughs> oh, is that what it was? Oh, okay. Yeah.
5: yeah
1: I but- think that I think that might be it. So that's a really cool exercise, though. I like that. That was that's cool.
5: Yep. Yeah. Some of the some of the students did um, uh, pool halls, and somebody did a porn movie theater, and it was okay. kind of funny because they're like. I didn't realize how dark you could actually make a theater. Because normally you go to see a movie, <laughs> you got the bright exit signs, you can see what's going on, but in this theater, the seats are really, really dark. You don't really want like, right. to see what's and going on. it's dark. On. <laughs> You're yeah. like, oh, that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> so so it's so fascinating that people went to all these different locales and then reported back on, okay, this is what I thought I was going to see. This is what I saw. You know, this is, the, you know, this is where the stories come from or whatever. So, yeah. It was, uh, it was, it was just a great, uh, fat, great teacher at Carleton University. And, uh, what a great course. It was called so, the Writer Literature and Society. I remember that. That's
0: funny. So, so for you, where do you, where do you go from here now? You're doing a lot of, well, I know you said the Haunted Hospitals, but you're doing a lot of fiction writing too now, correct?
5: Yeah. I have, um, A Canadian Werewolf in New York, um, which is mm-hmm. sort of a dark humor thriller about a Canadian living in Manhattan who's afflicted with mycanthropy. Um, and of course, it's it's actually a day in the life, so you actually see him wake up in the morning naked in Battery Park with a bullet in his leg, has no memory of what he did as a wolf the night before, so he's trying to figure out what happened. It kind of takes place from dawn until dusk, because you only ever see him as a human uh, wondering, uh, trying to figure out what had happened the night before, and that's, uh, uh, interestingly enough, um, he actually has an appearance on Letterman, because he happens to be a mystery writer who's Who's going to be guesting on Letterman? And they do actually film during daylight hours. Of
1: course,
2: mm-hmm. they did
5: their last taping. What was it? Yesterday or the day before? So just
1: a couple of days ago.
5: This. Yeah, I know. I got I got the book back from my editor about two months ago. Where I was working on another book at the time, so I couldn't I couldn't get it uh, get it out. So that's something that I, I plan on getting out uh, probably early summer. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then I have a, a follow up to a thriller that I wrote called Evasion, and that came out last year. And Coversion is the sequel, um, because when people read Evasion and it was supposed to be standalone, two biggest questions they got was, can I get it in print somewhere? And uh, when are you writing a sequel? And I was like, well, I don't have a sequel planned. But now that you guys keep asking, I suppose they will write one.
1: <laughs> Popular <laughs> demand. See, that's, yeah, that's so. so you have you have a full time job and you're essentially a full time writer then.
5: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so I work probably about sixty hours a week for my day job, and then and then oh, somewhere in wow. between there, I find time to put about two or three books out a year. So. Wow. Sleep yes. is not an option for me. Really. No,
1: and you have, and you have, yeah. you have a son.
5: Yeah, I have a ten-year-old uh, as well, oh. and so he, yeah, he's already more mature than I am. But yeah, and then there's time. So he was teaching me how to play. A game on our tablet on our tablet uh, this evening before he went to bed. <laughs> like so he's teaching me how to play. It was like one of the Marvel um, Marvel battle uh, games. So I was like, "Oh, right on! We can play together now."
1: He's gonna uh, forever be better at computers than you. Trust me. I mean, I, I know. I, I mean, my kids like when that. they were when my <laughs> kids were two, they were better at computers than me. So. It, it, just It's just yeah. sad. And now I've decided oh, yeah. to let technology pass me by, so there we go. Yeah. All right, so we have come to the part of our show that we like to call Shameless Self-Promotion Corner. And so this is where you can tell our listeners where they can find you, look you up, find, you know, your books, all of that stuff.
5: Well, thanks for posting the link to my Amazon page because that pretty much has most of, my, uh, most of my works available there. You can find me at marklesley.ca on twitter i'm at mark leslie uh there's also a mark leslie author facebook page and i welcome uh, chatting with folks and and one of the things i love about uh, being on uh, shows like this is oftentimes people who listen to the show usually write me and say oh i've got a great haunted bookstore story for you and or hospital or or interesting tale because i'm always looking for stories like that to put in the next book
1: cool awesome all right. Well, um, when your next book comes out, you can come tell us some haunted hospital stories and stuff.
2: I'd love to. Thank you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's been a lot of fun, Mark, having you on the
5: show, and yeah, I, I, I,
1: like I do mean that. Um, when your next book comes out, give you get in touch with Cheryl and come back.
5: Definitely will. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, thank Mark. you.
1: You have a great evening.
5: Take care, guys. All right. Uh-huh, night.
0: Bye. Bye.
1: All right. So haunted bookstores and libraries. I
0: love that guy. I yes. absolutely love that guy.
1: Well, of course.
0: He's cool. You he let well, me call him good. dude. I mean, come on. Yeah. I don't get better than that. When you call your guest dude. I mean, okay.
1: You know. There you go. No, he was great guest. Um,
0: yes, he was way he went, to go, Cheryl.
1: Way to go. Good, good going, <laughs> Cheryl. Woo-hoo. It was very interesting yeah.
0: it, and, and extremely funny too. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm telling you, I'm going to remember that statement where he says, yeah, I can sleep right here. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, the thing is, the dark humor, I forgot to ask him about that because I actually have a really dark sense of humor. So it's probably best that we didn't air it on the air this evening, would be my guess. <laughs> Cheryl, Cheryl, be firing me, replacing me with somebody else.
0: I come back <laughs> next week. There's some other chicks in there going, Hi! Hey. I'm like, What happened to Karen? Where'd she go? Who are she, you? She
1: got, a, she got a little dark last week. Yeah. You know,
0: she
1: went a little dark. Yeah, so, um, Oh, Cheryl's reading her phone, so we can't ask her yet what's no, coming up on the show. Something funny. She's reading something funny on the show. It, phone. Yeah, it must laughing. be hilarious. Yes. So, we're, we're just going to sit and narrate Cheryl's yeah. life hey, because we can see oh her on my the God. camera. Oh,
0: my son. Hey, yeah. this is so funny. Oh, my there you son go. likes Hello. to
3: show up with his smartphone and show me funny. Um, what are those called? You know. iFunnies. What's that called?
0: Sp- She's clicking her fingers. I don't know. Memes,
3: what w- memes? Whatever they're called. Memes. 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 I'm, I, I'm so out of touch, people. Anyway,
2: you're uh, like out of touch, and
3: they're so funny, but so <laughs> inappropriate. But anyway, yeah. Okay, sorry about that. Wow, what a show, you guys. I know. What a great that was show. awesome. Man. Yeah, Hi. I'm gonna have to be buying some books now.
1: <laughs> I know. Me too. I was, I was looking at his Amazon page and thinking I'll take one of those and yeah. one of
0: those. Yes. Well, it's funny because it's seriously. I was like. Uh, I remember a long time back, oh that tombs uh, the tomes of terror. I want a bookstore thing sounds really cool because I like to read that kind of stuff. And then, you know, I'm not it's not clicking until I'm trying to figure out how to say tomes versus tombs because I want to say tombs for some I always reason. Do that, and then I'm yeah. like, Oh my god, that's the book I was looking at. I don't know how funny. And I'm like, I am I'm like, Yes, that was the book.
1: It was so meant funny. to be. You should read it.
0: <laughs> it's no, God, god giving you a
1: message it. about reading that book. I am, yep. I'm gonna go
0: out, I'm gonna go buy that thing right away. I am, I'm gonna buy it, I'm gonna read it.
1: You're going to buy it and you're going to read the hell All out right, of it. I'm going to read it
0: I'm going to smell that book smell. <laughs> <sighs> now this and you're going to
4: read the crap out of that
0: thing. Yeah, I'm going to read the crap out of it. I'm going to think of Mark while I'm reading it going, yeah, I can sleep right here. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome. And he did not want you to send that doll either. He's like, no, Ooh, no. You notice
1: he didn't leave me with his address or no. anything. He
0: <laughs> no, probably
3: sent it through his denied.
0: <laughs> and he said that really quick too. He goes, oh, so we can send you a doll. No, that's okay. That's fine it's like whoa you got cut <laughs> off quick
1: <laughs> yeah i'm used to rejection it's all right story of my yeah, life all right cheryl yes cheryl next you're week you're not going to be here next week but
3: i am not I'm sadly you're not going to be here next week but we will have a show we will have a show um mm-hmm. thankfully um clarissa is um yes. very very nice and going to be sitting in for me to produce the show yay um so course, Yay. so next week we have on another great guest. his name is john Weiss and i it's spelled w e i s s mm-hmm. um so that's hard to guess mispronounce
1: it well it could be we I that's suppose. what i was
3: that's what i was wondering anyway, author of life goes on a skeptic's afterlife education Oh. Ooh, my eyes just lit up, did you notice? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, good
0: so, stuff going on. So exciting. we're dealing, so, so we're dealing with a skeptic next week.
3: No, well, he's had an afterlife former, education.
1: Former
0: oh, skeptic is former skeptic. No, that's understand. not that's what I mean. Yeah, former yes. skeptic that now understands. I think that's cool. That's gonna be that's gonna be interesting. That's- do
1: you do you know <laughs> yeah. um, like what other shows we have coming up? Do we have some good, yeah. good, scheduled stuff?
3: Yeah, we do. We have on June 4th, uh, Nicole Strickland. Oh, yay. Queen is, Mary. Oh, my gosh. She's an expert on the <gasps> Queen Mary. She's written books about the Queen Mary as well as other subjects. Shh. She's a, an investigator on a team in San Diego, California. And, and she's a um, lovely human being. Yeah, very, What's very the Queen Mary, very that's great. so cool. Yep. Oh, here's her team name, San Diego Paranormal Research Society and she will also be I'm so happy to say writing um quarterly at this point for paranormal underground magazine Oh so and it's Nicole's birthday today too. Happy birthday, hey. Nicole. Oh. Hey. Ooh, party. And then um Let's see, I have a couple of shows I'm working on after that, but we do have another show for June 25th, and that is Paula Rosenfeld, and she is she's going to be talking about Dekshaw, which is a.k.a. the Oneness Blessing. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's basically, um, she's we also... We will all be one. I'll have to look that up. Yep, meditation Namaste. teacher, shamanic healer, clairvoyant. Awakened Certified Oneness Trainer and the author of The Oneness Blessing, How Deeksha Can Help You Become Your Authentic Self, Heal Your Relationships, and Transform the World. And I don't know a lot about it, but I want to say maybe it's sort of like Reiki. How do you spell it? D-E-E-K-S-H-A. But I think there's an alternate spelling when I was looking it up, and I don't remember what that alternate spelling is, but Hmm. try D-E-E-K-S-H-A.
1: Because... Diksha Seth is the name of an Indian actress.
3: Oh, interesting.
1: Oneness blessing, Oneness University. D I K S H A.
3: That's the alternate spelling.
1: Really? Yes. Yes. It's Sanskrit.
0: They're looking things up. You can't see what they're doing. Oh, by the way,
3: anyway, hey, okay. do we have do we have um haunted doll Holly coming on soon? Did we get her uh, schedule? We did not because our dates <sighs> didn't match up. So I'm just waiting to hear back from her on an alternate date that I sent over. Okay, um, but but um, we will be having as you call her haunted doll Holly. <laughs> on why do you
0: call her haunted doll Holly?
1: She's the one who sent me the doll that's running up and down my halls and opening and closing my doors.
0: Oh, so you got somebody? And the, the people that I nobody would talk to me. Well, the one person I for Sarah Jane, I never got anything back. So
1: yeah, I haven't. I haven't either. So yeah, okay. yeah. Haunted doll, Holly. Haunted doll. We're gonna yep.
3: We're gonna be talking haunted dolls here real soon. Good stuff. Hopefully soon. But also, I want to talk about a show coming up on July second. And our good friend is a very special show. It's a very special show. Our good friend, Patty Valdez referred me to this guest directly and the guest. Well, the, the, the the person is nice enough to be a guest. Her name is Barb Shoop. Oh,
0: the Bigfoot.
3: Yeah. She's a Bigfoot witness and evidence collector. And she has some videos up on YouTube about it. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the show because I've been wanting to talk to a Bigfoot witness forever. Yeah,
1: She's a Washington stater. Mhm. Yep, that's I'm exciting. Actually, Thanks, Patty. I'm that's gonna
0: have to Patty. look that
1: up now. Woo, Patty. Thanks, Patty. So
0: we've oh, got. That's... See,
1: we do. We have lots of fun shows coming up. Good stuff. Um, and I
3: also saw a cover with Steve and Amy on it,
1: which tells me that we've got a magazine coming out.
3: Yes, yes, we do. Um, by hopefully Friday night, which is t- tomorrow, but you know, people listening on podcasts, it'll be up. Um, we have a cover feature on the Dead Files team, Steve and Amy. It's an update on their new season. And um, that's in in our May 2015 issue. And um, for those listening live, that should be online, like I said, in a day or two, which is very exciting. And I'm hoping that when Steve and Amy, because they're currently filming, get a few minutes that they will join us back again. For round three on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark, because they're, to talk they're to fun them? to talk to. Yeah,
0: Ooh, awesome. Yes, I just started yes. watching the show too. You know, it's been on forever, and I was like, I have to check the. show. Everybody talks about the show, so I'm gonna check the show out. You know, um, and I watched it, and it just sucked me right in. I, like that, I really
3: really right in. like that show. I really like that show. Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah, so now I have to go back to the beginning yes. and find them all, and then watch them all now. There you go. So I have a lot to watch now. That's kind of cool, though. You know, I like that. It's very interesting. I always stuff.
1: have a lot of stuff on my plate to watch, and then I get distracted by you know things like work. <laughs> uh, work.
0: Whenever sometimes on my plate, I just eat it. So I can tell you,
1: work is just absolutely ruining my television watching habits.
0: Oh, stinking work! You know, I tell you, it's work, and you got bills, and you know, and they want money, and you know, I don't understand this. It should be like hey, trade yeah, for. And-
1: Tanner will be home in in three weeks. That means that in three weeks I won't have to pay extra money out for college for like two whole months. Nice. I know. If I were smart, what I would do is save it for when he goes back to school. But at the same time, I won't have to pay money out for college for like two whole months. I could like, I don't know, maybe buy a cup of coffee or something.
0: There you go. I think there'd be a, I think there'd be a grand idea to buy a cup of coffee.
1: Grand. So, is grand there anything thing. in the in the magazine you want to promo, or just Steve and Amy, and we're good? Um, just stay Steve
3: and Amy, and we're good. No. <laughs> um, well, Karen, you have that fabulous <laughs> article on your shadow self, which I very much. Oh, enjoy. yeah. Um, and dream interpretation on what dark forces mean dun, in dun, dun. your dreams which is very, I went. Very I went dark this month.
0: Awesome. Dead.
3: Chuck has a very lovely Chuck. article on the haunted Leland Tower.
0: It's a lovely article. Yes, lovely. it's
3: lovely. Lovely. It's um, lovely.
0: It's lovely. <laughs> it's bloody lovely.
3: We oh, have, we have yeah. a yeah. <laughs> a special report on faceless ghosts.
0: Ooh, well, that sounds creepy. Yes, we get, it what's sure get the mark is. back on that one.
1: We nope. just were talking about faceless ghosts last week with um, with uh, Aaron,
3: weren't we? When not we, with Aaron? It, with um, we were weird. Okay, I forgot all
0: about yeah, that.
1: Yeah, it
3: was Aaron. We were talking about faceless ghosts last week. And Chad wrote a lovely, delightful publisher's letter. Did <laughs> it on what was the title on that one? <laughs> Give me wow, the title on that it's one so one delightful she one, forgot Cheryl. to read it. Are goes, we oh, sorry, psychic? Oh, well, I remember what it's about. I can't remember every title I ever <laughs> edit. Okay, no. It's are we psychic? Basically, and it's basically breaking it down <laughs> into you, te- you know um, into telekinesis, into telepathy, into the different psychic senses, and and that I think he's basically saying that it's there. It's it's there in our because it's it's there physically because it's it's obviously there in spirit. Because how mm-hmm. do spirits t- communicate? How do spirits interact when they don't have a physical body? Am I not relaying this correctly, Chad? Well, was, just have to he's looking it at me funny. I wish but I had
0: telekinesis. I could just throw people across loop. the room when they ticked me off. yeah no. <laughs> like carry. yeah, but that'd it's be awesome.
3: but anyway, yep, yeah, we've got a lot of good stuff in the issue as usual <laughs> oh, sorry, cool, yes, all right, oh. so i I suppose what we should do probably is wrap things up
1: then um. Hey, right. thanks to our guest, Mark Leslie, and yes. thanks, thanks to, um, Mark. for, to our listeners, even though not many of you listened live, we know you're going to listen in the podcast because you always do, and we appreciate mm-hmm. that. So uh-huh. thank you for listening to Paranormal Underground Radio here on the hazy, in the dark, here on the hazy radio network. <laughs> we'll be back next week at 6 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Pacific. Oh my God. Uh-huh. I'm like. Six months wow. throwback all of a sudden. Wow. We will be back next week at 7 p.m. <laughs> Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, and other times in the flyover states. Thanks, everybody, for listening and for listening to me stumble over my rehearsed speech. Y'all have a good week. Good night.
0: Good night. night, good night. And enjoy
1: your three-day weekend. Uh
0: mm-hmm. huh. Yes. If you'd like to be a guest on Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark, email us at editor at net. And until next week, remember this. If something looks out of place or doesn't feel quite right, it could just be something